Hello, welcome and thank you for joining us today on Friend of God, brought to you by Friendship Baptist Church in Sturgis, Mississippi. It is our goal every week to bring the Word of God to as many people as possible. We pray that you enjoy today's message, but more importantly, we pray that it changes your heart and provokes life change and action. God bless, and please listen from your heart. Enjoy. For the Sabbath day, to keep it holy, six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God, and it you shall not do any work. You or your son or your daughter or your male or your female servant or your cattle or your sojourner who stays with you for in six days the Lord made heavens and earths, the sea and all that's in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Uh, thank you to Lily Harsh who read and, and shared in our scripture this morning. This morning we're talking about the Sabbath day. We're in Exodus chapter 20 again, and we're looking around verses 8 through 11. And it's really important that we understand what a day of rest is all about. A day of rest is an intentional day set aside to rest, to recoup, to be filled up with the Spirit, to be uh, recharged, I guess, to go out and do all the things that God wants us to accomplish. Most of the time today, what our culture does is discourage days of rest. If you work and work and work, you'll get ahead. If you work and work, then you'll, you'll advance in what you're doing. You'll get better at what you're doing. And while hard work is something to be applauded, you need that recharge. You need that rest. You need that time where God can speak to you in the quiet moments. It's very important. To understand Now, in this passage today, it, it, it called us to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. What example do we have? We have an example in the creation story, what happened? That Jesus created all these things, and on the seventh day, He rested, right? He rested reflecting over what He had done the six days, but also for all the things that would come next. It was important that we set aside these days that God might be able to speak to us in the manner that He wants us to do. So this morning we're going to take a little bit of a detour, and we're going to really talk about rest, yes, but we're going to talk about solitude as well. Those two things go in, hand in hand. Those things work together. So the first thing we look at is resting is a practice that is discouraged today. We, we've talked and discussed about that already. The Bible calls it a holy day. So if it's a holy day, then it's a day where you, yes, you're supposed to rest, but you have a divine appointment with the Almighty God. It's a day where, yes, you are resting, but in your resting, you're saying, God, fill me up. God, lead and guide in my life. God, help me to realign myself so that I might be able to reside in you. Rest is more than just getting those hours in at night. Rest is understanding where eternity lies, understanding where your heart resides, understanding and communing with the Almighty God and making sure that you and He 
are on the same page. And the only way you can do that is if you slow down. And I know that we don't like that. Slow down is something that's, that's not in our vocabulary. Brother Jeremy, we're starting school back. We're getting everything going again. You know, we're back and involved doing some of the things we used to do. We're speeding things up. Some of you were very, very, very uncomfortable when everything slowed down in March and so forth. You were said, I don't really like this so much. And it's because you had to slow down, yes, but you had to slow down and deal with a lot of things that probably got put on the back burner. You had to slow down and were confronted. When you slow down, everything becomes more noticeable that you try to ignore. So resting, even though our culture discourages it, it is something that the Bible calls as holy. Now, designated Sabbath uh, in their culture was around the Sunday. And so we think in our society, set aside Sundays to rest. Some people think, well, Sunday's the only day I got off, so I got to get all these things done. But don't forget to rest. Don't get so busy on Sunday that it becomes another day. Secondly, make time for godly rest. Now, Leviticus 19.3 says this. Leviticus 19.3 says, Every one of you shall reverence his mother and his father, and you shall keep my Sabbaths. I am the Lord your God. So it helps us to have that reverence for mom and dad, but it also helps mom and dad recognize that their spiritual leadership in the home is what's going to create a pattern for the kids. Because I've, I've learned this. If, if your kids see you reading the Bible and praying during the day, then what habit is going to be impressed on their hearts and minds? The same thing goes in our lives. If we are communing with God, God is able to effectively do more in our lives. Not only do we need to have reverence for mom and dad and keep the Sabbath holy, but Isaiah 56.2 says this about being blessed. It says, How blessed is the man who does this, and the son of the man who takes hold of it, who keeps from profaning the Sabbath and keeps his hand from doing any evil. How do you and I make the right choices if we're not connected with God? How, how do you and I lead and, and do the things we are to do if we are not spending quality time with the Almighty God? I don't think we can. I don't think God can use us as effectively as He'd like to if we're not spending that quiet time with Him, slowing down and realigning ourselves with all that is God in our lives. It's important that we do that not only for ourselves, but also to keep evil at bay. Also, there's a lot of our society that doesn't understand abiding in Him. So let's look at Jeremiah 17, 21 and 22. It says, Thus says the Lord, Take heed for yourselves, and do not carry any load on the Sabbath day, or bring anything into the gates of Jerusalem. You shall not bring a load out of your houses on the Sabbath day, nor do any work, but keep the Sabbath day as holy, as I commanded your forefathers. Do you think he knew that it was, it was, even in that culture, a practice to where things were so busy throughout the week that someone needed a time of rest? That, that sometimes that people can, and maybe we can get so busy with life that we don't spend time with God. Or we can get so wrapped up in our culture and in our life that Sunday becomes just another thing to do. In reality, not we 
have to go to church, but rather, in our hearts, we get to go to church. Not we have to do a quiet time, but we get to do a quiet time. When you change the, the understanding behind that, you're not just doing something to get through something. You're doing something that you might have that one-on-one -on -one time with God because you realize the significance of that in today's world. The significance of slowing down. The significance of spending that time with God. So thirdly, we're going to look at solitude, which I believe is the forgotten doctrine. Solitude. Some of you say, well, when it gets quiet, that's when I really worry about things. Sometimes when we get quiet, that's when all the thoughts flood in that we've tried to keep at bay. Sometimes when we get, get quiet, uh, you know, that's when that time where God can do something significant in our life actually happens. So solitude, more than quiet, but it's a time where we can realign ourselves with God. In the book Drawing Close to God by Stephen Iger, he gives some ideas of solitude. And, and maybe you want to write these things down. If you're not a person of solitude, maybe some of these things are going to speak to you this morning. And maybe you want to keep a list of this if you're the kind that writes and keeps up with things. So drawing close to God. The first thing that, that he mentions in his book, he says, solitude is being alone on purpose. Solitude is being alone on purpose. That means that you are actively pursuing after that quiet time and prioritizing it on your life and saying, God, I'm going to find this place that I can be with just you. Maybe for you it's your back porch. Maybe for you it's a prayer closet. Maybe for you it's, it's even in that quiet moment where you're driving after you've dropped the kids off and you can actually drink your coffee before it gets too cold. Maybe that's your quiet time, but having that time on purpose with God is important in understanding. Secondly, he says, solitude is being alone for personal growth and accomplishment. Think of the things that God teaches you in your time of quiet. Things you need to work on. Things that He's working in you with. Guidance and direction for something that you've been praying about but haven't taken the time to listen for. It's very important that we understand what He does in our lives when we spend that time in quiet with Him. He does something extraordinary with us. Thirdly, solitude is, be, is being alone for personal renewal and refreshment. How often times have you said, I am just burning the candle at both ends. I am so tired, I can't even see straight. There's too many irons in the fire. There's too many things going on in my life, I can't even slow down. I don't even feel like I could slow down. And sometimes we all get in that rut, spiritually. So we need that time for renewal and refreshment in our lives, even if we feel like we can't afford to take the time. Because eventually, what happens if we're not being refreshed? We get burned out, don't we? If we're not allowing for God to speak to us personally, then we're of no help to anybody else. If God is not the one who's speaking the most in our lives, then we're going to get burned out. Next, we see that solitude is being alone in order to enhance our relationships. We don't expect others to give. We have something to give. Our hearts are open to others. This is a sense of freedom and relaxation. So 
how do we help other people if we are not refreshed ourselves? I don't think we can. If you and I are refreshed and God's not doing something anew in our lives and we're not availing ourselves to Him, then what good are we to other people? What good are we if we are not communing with Him and spending that alone time? Also, solitude is being alone in order to be with God. And I think that's the most important thing. Just being with God. Not sitting there saying, God, these are my needs all the time, which are important, but just being with God. If you ever went in God's presence and you don't have the words to say, maybe, maybe there are no words that are adequate for what you're going through or going to, or, or maybe a friend's going through something and you just don't quite have the words to say to help the friend out, but you know that God does, and you're overcome with emotion, and you're overcome with all of these things that are going on in your life, and you just come before God, and, you know, there are tough times in our lives where the best thing we can do is just be with God. And when we choose solitude for a quiet time, we are choosing to leave the room to be with God, to discern God's presence. We have to choose to have a quiet time with God. This understanding of solitude. And you say, well, the best time of solitude, and you can fill in the blank for yourself. Some of you, it's different places. Some of you, it might be out tur turkey hunting, right? Sometimes your place of solitude might be eating a can of sardines, right? You know, sometimes your plan of solitude might be playing with the dogs in the backyard. Sometimes your plan of solitude might be, you know, in your quiet time drinking that cup of coffee in the morning. Whatever it is, your, your place of solitude is the place that you stop, you slow down, and you meet with God. And you allow for God's presence to fall on you. But also, that's when God does His best work in you and I. Martin Luther wrote this. He said, I do not know and do not understand it, but... Sounding from above, ringing in my ears, I hear beyond the thoughts of man. It was important that he understood, and it's important that we understood, that God has something to say to us. And it's important when God has something to say, we make time to hear it. Because we can hear so many things today, right? How many of you hear about a thousand and one messages every day? It's important that we listen to that still, small voice in our life. That we are aligning ourselves with the right thing. And spending time with God, I don't think anybody's ever walked away saying, well, I just really didn't get anything from that. Because if our heart's in the right place and we're going in with expectant hearts and spending time actually communing with God instead of just rushing through saying, alright, i got to get here and get through my quiet time. But having that quiet time and saying, God, I'm not trying to get through this quiet time. I'm not trying to go through this time in my life. I'm not trying to get to something else, God. I just want to be right with you. I want to spend time with you because you are the most important in my life. You are the most important for me. So our inner fullness, when we think about fullness, to me it's a deep sign of communion with God. That's when we are full. That's when you and I are complete. That's when you and I have all things in our heart and we are overflowing. It gives us a sense of purpose that stimulates our creativity while bringing personal renewal 
and enhanced relationships. When God is working in your life in such a manner, others are affected around you. Would you agree with that? If you're communing with God and God is doing something significant in your life, you lead differently. You speak differently. You have a deeper understanding of Scripture, so you're able to help others more effectively. You take God's charge in your life seriously instead of allowing for other things to take over in your life. If you deal with anxieties and times of depression, it allows for you to spend time with God and know that He has you. And He's not going to leave you. It's important we understand all of these things. So what biblical figures brought in this idea of solitude? What biblical figures can we look at? And maybe you want to jot these down real quick. I don't think uh, you want me to read through every one of these passages. But in Abraham, you see Abraham slowing down in Genesis 12.1. And it's talking about the fact that, that God called him to another land, right? God led him to leave where he was. It was important that he understood God's calling. Also, Moses in the burning bush. It was God speaking to Moses, but speaking to the people, right? It was important that they understood that. And of course, I don't have to give you the reference for that because that's where we are. So it was, it was God speaking to Moses. David was a shepherd boy who became a king. How important do you think it was for him to listen to God? He was a shepherd who defeated a giant who lived for a king. Jesus' ministry, when it began, He spent 40 days in the wilderness. In Matthew 6, 6, what was He doing in the wilderness? What was He doing? Fasting and... He was praying, right? Who was He praying to? Who was He spending time with? It was spending time with the Father God. The calling of the disciples in Mark chapter 1, 17 and 18. Paul's solitude in Arabia in Galatians 1, 15 through 17. Revelation, the book of the Bible. John was on the island of Patmos. God used those people in significant ways in times of prayer. God did something in their life in those moments of solitude where they slowed down and they recognized the prominence of God and the need for God in their lives. And God was able to do something in their lives that is far-reaching that we still talk about today. And they didn't have to be right where the people were, did they? That time of prayer is what allowed for God to be such effective in their lives and speak for generations to come. So those biblical examples are important and lead us to the last point, that we need rest and solitude, truth. But we all need to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. We need to not keep putting things on a Sunday or on our Sabbath day. We need to take that time to step back and spend time communing with God. To keep it holy means that we are spending time with God. And it leads us to have a reverence and renewal with God. I don't care if you've been a Christian for four years, for five minutes, or for 40 years. You need that time with God. You need that time with God every day. But you need that time with God for an extended period of time where God can do something to relight that fire in your heart for Him and send you out into this world.
but also for mission and direction in our lives. Sometimes we need to refocus. How many of us go through those times where we get so busy with the life we're living that we need to refocus with God and live the life that He wants us to live? To refocus. Anybody ever been to the eye doctor and they said, better one, better two? Yeah? You've been to the eye doctor and, it, and, it, and it's that kind of refocusing. Which one is better? Sometimes we get so busy we don't see the difference between the one and the two. We need to refocus. We also need relational growth with God. That means as God infiltrates our hearts and minds, we are effectively able to speak to the needs of others. How many of you can, can actually speak the words of God if you don't spend time with God? You can't. Sometimes we're looking at the Scripture we're reading and we're saying, why am I even reading this Scripture? And then we encounter somebody in our life that's going through a particular hard spot, and then that word of Scripture comes back to that mind that we've got and speaks out to that person. It's important for us to understand that what we read sometimes, yes, it is for our personal growth and consumption there, but it's sometimes so that God can do His best work in us to reach other people. It's important we understand that relational growth, but also that intimacy with God that we should have. But for us, also it sets a deliberate pattern for those observing our faith. And if you don't think anybody watches you, then you just need to look around. See, sometimes we get this thing called tunnel vision, right? We start looking at what we have on our agenda and our family and our things and our own achievements and accolades and what we are trying to do that we fail to look around us and see what God wants us to do in the lives of those around us. But also, the fact of the matter is, those around us are looking to us and saying, I want to know Jesus. I want to know how He's real in the lives of others around us. And I don't think we need to give a false facade that everything is always good. We go through hardships. We go through times in our lives where we need God more than ever, and we need to understand and set the example that we need to have that day of rest where God is able to do something in our lives. So if we are going to speak to our family, our friends, our coworkers, our classmates, those that are lost and, and don't know Christ, then we have to spend time in the Sabbath and keeping it holy, resting in Him, having that practice of solitude and understanding that God is everything that He says He is. And so the importance of keeping the Sabbath holy is really the importance of our practice in our lives, intentionality in our lives of spending time with God. And maybe you've forsaken that in your life. Maybe that's something that has not been a practice in your life as it should be. So this morning, what I want to ask you to do is if, if you're here and you don't have that relationship with God that you ought to, and I believe there's each and every one of us that, that, that need to spend more time with God. I don't think we ever reach a point where we're like, okay, God, I'm good. There's more time that we need to spend with God. So in your hearts this morning, I ask you to just say, God, God, help me to spend more time with you. God, I'm setting aside this time. I want to rest on Sunday and not just let it be another day. Or I want to make a, a promise to you, God, that 
that I'm going to not forsake this time with us again, that I'm not going to try to rush through. But God, I want you to speak what you speak. Say what you say so that I might be who you want me to be in this world. See, God wants to do something extraordinary in our lives. He did it throughout the Bible, and He'll do it again in us. If we listen, if we spend time with Him, if we rest, God will do something great in us. Join me in prayer. Father God, we come this morning, God, we just, we just embrace Your presence, God. Each one of us came this morning, and we've got a thousand and one things on our mind that we need to accomplish, God. But Father, rather than thinking about what we need to accomplish, God, we need to believe and think about what you are trying to accomplish through us. God, we are so busy today, and this world applauds business. But God, you are still trying to speak to us, and we're so busy we don't listen like we ought to. And we're so burned out and tired and filled with anxiety and worry, God, when we lose perspective of you. Father, you call us to do a number of things. But the great thing we can do is spend time in a relationship with you, God, that you might use us effectively and efficiently with the world around us. Father God, it's not about the accolades, God. It's not about patting ourselves on the back. It's about being with you and you and us and bearing much fruit in this world. God, forgive us where we have hurried up our quiet time. Where we've forsaken this quietness in our lives. Where we've not established this pattern in our lives and so others around us don't see you in us. Father God, what is it going to profit us if we gain the whole world yet lose our soul? So God, I pray this solitude, this practice, this rest, this observance of the Sabbath and keeping it holy start and end with you in our lives. God, I pray in all things, if we need to come to you this morning, confessing anything before you, God, I pray that we do so, that you might have the whole of us and not just a piece of us. It's in your mighty name that we pray. Amen. Stand with me this morning. Thank you for joining the Friendship Family today. We know that your time is the most valuable item you have, and we are enormously grateful that you chose to share it with us. If you would like to know more about Friendship Baptist Church, please visit our website, friendshipsturges.com, or our Facebook page at facebook.com fbcms. Both can be found in the show notes below. If you would leave a rating or review for our new podcast, we would be very appreciative. And if you would share it with others, we would be eternally grateful. We pray that you have a God-filled day. And remember, love God, love people, and reach the world. Have a good day.